This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to a brand new Arsecast right here on arseblog.oleole.com. We can rejoice, you and I and whoever else might happen to be listening to this. We can rejoice because the interlull is over. Sure, there might be many more interlulls to come, but this particular one is over and this particular one has been dull and tedious in the extreme. Even if you wanted to watch a bit of international football, it's been oh, Ireland played against Liechtenstein and Andorra, and England played Bulgaria and Switzerland, and you know it's all been just very, very boring, and pretty much without incident. The only incident, of course, was Theo Walcott getting injured uh, when Rooney scored the first goal the other night for England. And, and how rude of those English players, Rooney and Defoe and all the rest of them, to stand there hugging when Walcott's obviously in agony on the floor. He should be their first concern. Absolutely. But then, what can you expect from some of these English players? Theo's injury is going to keep him out for, well, six weeks. We'll talk about that in a, a little while. And Well, it's just unfortunate, isn't it? Robin Van Persie, we know he's going to be out for six weeks. I think we should change the name of the club to Arsenal Football and Rehabilitation Club. And Van Persie, what can you say? He just... He's a good player, but he's always injured. He reminds me of a guy I play football with occasionally, and I'll tell you why occasionally. When I came back from Barcelona, the first thing I did was find a football team. And we played Sunday league and 11 o'clock Sunday morning, everyone turns up at their hangover and you run about and you try not to vomit on the pitch and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and one of the guys that was playing on the team was this Icelandic guy, really good player. He was our left back for about three games and then got injured, really badly injured his knee and never saw him again because uh, about, I don't know, with about 10 games to go of the season, the team folded due to intense crapness. I don't know quite what happened but all I know is that one day there was training and the next day there wasn't which kind of suited me because I hate the training part I like the playing but really really hate the training part but anyway sometime later I met him on the street and I said oh it's good to see you again you know we've got this Tuesday Astro team you should come and play you'll enjoy it and he said yeah that'd be great you know I'm over my injury I'd really like to play again so he came and played a couple of games scored a goal on his debut fantastic two games later injured for ages. Last season, the first game of the season, with about, I don't know, 15 minutes to go in the game, he was chasing the ball down in the corn flag and pulled a muscle underneath his foot. 
Now, I know people pull their uh, hamstrings and calves and abdominals and triceratops and all this kind of stuff, but I never in my life heard of a footballer pull a muscle in the underneath of his foot, in the arch of his foot underneath. The whole season he was out. Apart from the last game or the last couple of games he played. And he's just one of those guys. A really good player, but he's always injured. The new season starts in a couple of weeks' time. And if any betting shop would take money on something as trivial as an Icelandic guy playing Tuesday night Astro League football in Dublin, I would put as much as I had on him picking up an injury within three or four games. That'll keep him out for not a week or two, but pretty much the whole season. Just an unfortunate guy. And I think Robin Van Persie has got whatever disease he has. Because how can you explain it? His first start and injured again. Anyway, there wasn't much else happening in the week. But Internet Joe was on the case. Uh, He'll fill you in. I'm Internet Joe, and here's me 32nd roundup. Interlow, antivirus talking, so Shawcross, shut up you Nazi Frankenstein looking cunt, and Percy diagnosis, six weeks, Jesus, Interlow, so boring, why start the blog of me own, Gunnar RSAKB inside info blog on wordpress.com, retweet me, why watch England, so boring, Interlow, ah, really scars again, <laughs> no, Tio! If there's a more succinct 30-second roundup of Arsenal news, I am not sure where to find it. If you know, you can tell me. Please do. Um, still to come, we'll be crossing over to Talkshite Radio, and this week they have got an exclusive interview with Ryan Shawcross. Yep, that's coming up in a little while, as well as that, we'll be looking ahead to the Bolton game. But with me now to shoot the breeze about all the stuff that's been going on, I'm pleased to welcome back to the Arscast, Julian H. from Gingers for Limpar. Hello there. Hey, good afternoon. How have you been coping with this uh, interlull? It's um, it, it's not my favourite time of the year, I have to say. I'm, I'm with you on this. I absolutely hate every minute of it. It's like, um, I was thinking this morning, it's like kind of, well, it's so long, it's like two weeks. It's like staring at a wall for two weeks. Um, upon which there's paint drying and sort of behind the other side of the wall there's your girlfriend having sex with your best mate. So it's, <laughs> it's tedious and soul-destroying at the same time. Um, it's, I, I, no, I've just been in such a bad mood and, and the Rooney thing made it better, made it sort of funny. But, um, <laughs> but there, there's you, just, it yeah, sounds sorry. quite heartfelt there, like you're speaking from experience. <laughs> Oh, yeah. um, well, uh, I think yeah, the less said about that, the better. But then there's the the injuries as well. I don't know. It's um, <clears throat> I was kind of thinking with a typical tempting of fate on on Tuesday. I was thinking, well, it's been horrific, but at least you know it's not our players that are getting injured, and then, and then of course the inevitable happened. Yeah. Um. So yeah, tough times. Tough times. It's it's unfortunate for Theo, isn't it? Because. Uh... He played a big part in in England's goal, um, mm. and and the guy. I mean, the, the the challenge itself was totally innocuous, and he ends up going over on his ankle. They said initially, no, it wouldn't be too long, less than two weeks. Um, I'm mm. not sure what what well, medical that, uh, opinion Capello or, or you know uh, right. Capello's got. So we we take that with a pinch of salt. And it's still, as we speak, unconfirmed. But there's this talk of him being mm. out for up to six weeks. Yeah, well, we don't know if it's true. I, I think, like a lot of us, I found the two weeks thing 
incredibly annoying when that it's just I mean they they all seem to do this I'm like, sorry we're stealing your players for these ridiculous games leading up to competition which is going to be rubbish anyway but don't the players looked at his ankle and thinks it's two weeks it's, well he doesn't know he's you know he's a footballer he doesn't know anything and um and it was it was it was annoying when that when that was released and I think we all knew that um but it was at least likely to be more. Um, and, and as you say, we, we, we can't be sure how much longer it is. But I think what a lot of these injury things are showing as well is, is that for, for all the talk of not rushing players back and of, of uh, tr- you know, um, also trying to sort of stop them playing for international sides when they're not fit, this keeps happening. Um, I mean, the uh, Van Persie against Blackpool, kind of had his moment where he was sitting on the ground and everyone thought, here we go again. And then he, he stayed on but limped around for, for, the, for the next few minutes. Um, and he, he, didn't, you know, he didn't look good. And then, of course, Blackburn, it was, it was sort of straight away pretty much. Well, not straight, but was, mm. you know, half an hour into the game that he got injured. Um, and, and, and this, um, I mean, Theo did look fit going into the England games, but it's just still too often, you know, our players don't seem to be fine. Um, and yet, and yet, they they get run out in these competitive games, and and then and then get injured again. Mm. I mean, I suppose the frustration um, from an Arsenal fan's point of view is that Van Persie missed the whole, more or less, all of last season. Came back for the for the final part of the season, played in every game, more or less, in the World Cup, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and looked as if he was, you know, feeling the effects of not having played. In fairness to him, but you know, he's played the whole World Cup for Holland, comes back, and within. I don't know, half an hour of his first start of the season, he's oh. gone He's gone for six weeks. Now, I know he's not doing it deliberately or, or anything like that, oh. but it's very difficult not to be frustrated. And you do, at some point, have to think about how long can you... I mean, it's not as if this is an era where we've got an Henri and a Bergkamp and Van Persie's injury doesn't necessarily mean quite oh. as much as it would. Van Persie is supposedly the main striker at the club, the star name, oh. and, and he's going to spend at least, I suppose, six weeks out injured again. Well, I'm, I, mean, I don't know how to solve it, but I'm quite militant about this. I, I just think, you know, as, as Wenger has said, it, it's, football seems to be the only area where you can have your, your assets just taken away from you for seemingly no reason and, and returned in, in a completely broken state. Um, like you say, that the thing with Van Persie last season was infuriating. Right? You know, as soon as he was back, he gets flown off to, the, to, this, to this tournament. Um, it is it is really serious. I think the obvious um, problems are that you know when these players keep getting injured, they can't hit form, um, and then it's a sort of you know, vicious circle. And it's also very difficult to the team to click. I mean, talking of the sort of Burkamp Henri era, I mean, where where would that team have been if, if Vieira was out for four months and then Jungberg was out for three months? And that, I mean, that, that team clicked because of, of they were always playing together, and we just we just never have that anymore. Mm. Um, there was a good point also made on which I'm going to steal on, on another Arsenal blog. I think it was Arsenal FC blog. Who's, who's, who's made the point about, of course, you know, the more players you have are injured, the less you can rotate, and the less you rotate, at least in theory, the more players get injured. Mm. So then we get we get stuck in this vicious circle again. And, and Shamak's a good example of that. Now, is, is Shamak really going to play? We've basically got two games a week for the next few weeks with the European Cup as well. And, and is he going to play what three hours of football a week? 
um, you know, and he runs around a lot. I mean, and of course, if he gets injured, then we're looking at I don't know, like Benikafobi or, or you know, Jay Emmanuel Thomas, or, or of course having um, Arshavin standing up front uh, is, is the other option. It's it's, it's at least up front not looking good. Mm. I mean, let's talk about somebody else who's had injured as well, and that's Nicholas Bentner, mm. who could be playing that role, you know, in the absence of Van Persie and rotating quite nicely with Shamak. And Bentner is a guy, for example, who missed the, the tail end of last season through injury. There was talk, of course, of him missing some of uh, Denmark's games in the World Cup, and, and since the World Cup, he hasn't played. He's had this groin injury, which we heard at first wasn't big, and then now it's, you know, I don't know how long it's been. It's been months, yeah. basically. But Bentner clearly wasn't fit during the World Cup. And yeah. how do you then, as a football club, should you be able to uh, deny a player uh, the opportunity to play in a World Cup for the benefit of the club? Because... Um, you know, clearly that's had an effect on Arsenal's season so far and will do until Bentner's back again and, and we, we still have no idea exactly when that's going to be. So should the clubs be able to come down a bit harder and have more control uh, over their players when they're away on international duty? Absolutely, certainly. I mean, it's, it's, I suppose it's difficult because the players, the players want to play in these international competitions and perhaps for sort of nationalistic reasons, but especially I'd have thought for, uh, for sponsorship, for the sort of publicity that they get. Um, I mean, one of my one of my favourite players of all time for this very reason is is Lauren, who of course just just quit Cameroon. Um, I think he was 26, wasn't he? And he just he just mm. he just had enough and yeah. focused on the Arsenal, which is great. But I, I don't I don't know quite how you get players to do that. I think certainly when they're injured, um, we could do more to put our foot down and, and say this this is unacceptable. And, and uh, you know, if you want to go away, then fine. Thought you can forego that. 250 grand in wages that we're going to pay you whilst you're swanning around, uh, you know, worsening your injuries. Mm. But to, to, to be paying these players these amounts of money and, 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 get, and getting them back in, in this poor condition is, is madness. Um, and, and yeah, I, I mean, perhaps it needs, it needs you know, maybe the bigger clubs to take a stand. All right. Well, let's uh, before we get too bogged down in in being fed up and frustrated by injuries, <laughs> let's let's look at uh, the start of the season because it has been has been very encouraging. Um, we can leave aside what happened at Anfield because you know on the face of it, one one draw is a is a good result. But the two the two subsequent games, Blackpool obviously you would expect Arsenal to win, but the Blackburn game was a, a good sign that this Arsenal team is learning to cope and is maturing a little bit, regardless of the injuries, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the start of the season has been unbeaten and very encouraging. Absolutely. I mean, the Blackburn game, it's funny because it was, uh, I think a lot of us celebrated that win, uh, perhaps sort of rather more than, than you should celebrate a win against uh, bottom half side. Um, but, but it, it, you know, it does seem like a great win to have got us. I mean, it, uh, even still, I say, you know, it's incredibly not at all enjoyable game to watch. I, I hate watching that game. And I was yeah. just, um, I was actually in a pub. I didn't go. I was in a pub full of Chelsea fans. You know, it's, it's unbearable in Wimbledon. But um, but but you know, we, as you're right, we showed really good signs. I mean, for once, we actually seem to have practiced defending against the you know the sort of get the ball to bounce on the penalty spot thing. Um, and and Diaby you know, was 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 very important uh, heading balls away, and uh, we also kept the ball nicely. Um, I wrote a blog post blog post on, on Shamak and, and his movement in that game, which I thought was really good. Um, 
So it's all looking great, um, and and uh, I mean, again, without wanting to be all doom and gloom, that's what makes the injury situation uh, more frustrating. But on the positive side, um, I think actually you wrote this in, in, in your blog uh, yesterday, um, which is that you know, we are looking strong in, in centre midfield uh, and at the back as well. I mean, lots of people have even forgotten about Lansbury, not to mention Wilshire, the Nielsen's back song, Fabregas, and so on and so forth. Um, so hopefully, you know, the, the sort of uh, the passing and movement and, and the, sort of the midfield side of things will start to click. Um, and if we can, if we can you know, convert that into chances in the last third, then things will look good. Maybe we will go into the Chelsea game, you know, on par with them or just a couple of points behind, which, which would be great. Okay, well, let's look ahead uh, to tomorrow. And we've got Bolton. Mm-hmm. And we know that Owen Coyle is a manager who likes his teams to, to play. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Play football and, and we saw a little bit of that at the end of last season when, when Bolton came and, and uh, you know, they went 2-0 up and still tried to play football. I'm not sure they'll make that mistake again. Um, they, they've had the change of manager and maybe a little bit of a change of ethos, but not so much of a change of, of personnel. Um, so it makes it a little bit difficult uh, for him to change things the way he would like, a bit like teaching elephants how to be ballerinas, I suppose. Um, so I think we're, we're going to have to, uh, we talk about the Blackburn game, I think we're going to have to expect something quite similar from, from Bolton tomorrow. Yeah. Perhaps it's, it's difficult to judge, isn't it, and with the core situation. I think there are a few stats showing that, that actually things haven't changed that much um, in, in terms of their, you know, when, when, they're tough, when the going gets tough, rather, they, they do seem to resort to this. As you say, you can't make, um, you can't make Kevin Davis not shove his elbows in people's <laughs> faces, and, um, and, and there'll be an element of that as well. It's it's tough to see. I mean, I mean, classically we do tend to do quite well against those kind of tactics at home, um, and, uh, and even even if we struggle at home from from the set pieces, the, the sort of possession that, that we can have generally wins out the day. We've had several of those games, like the one you referred to, where we actually you know go behind and it looks a bit tough. Um, but uh, eventually our game wins out. There was that Blackburn game a few years ago, I think it was finished 5 or 6-2 um, mm. after they, they'd looked um, threatening just through being physical. Um, so I, I think that's what we're looking for, basically, a kind of you know, classic, uh, classic Wenger home game, just you know, keep the ball played to our strengths and, and not worry about them too much. 
Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how how as a, as other new players cope with, with the physical side of things. But um, I think Koscielny can do that, and uh, I think the midfielders will as well. All right, confident enough for three points tomorrow. Mm, I'd, I'd like to think so. <laughs> I'd like to think so. Yeah. All right. Touch for it. Okay, uh, Julian H from Ginger's Full Empire. We better leave it there. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you. Cheers. My thanks indeed to Julian H from Gingers for Limpar. If you want to read the blog, it's Gingers for Limpar. That's F-O-R, Gingers for Limpar blogspot.com. Or if you want to follow them on Twitter, it is Gingers for Limpar. Uh, Gingers for Limpar? Gingers for, uh, Gingers for Limpar on Twitter, where the four is actually a number four. So it's Gingers for Limpar and Gingers for Limpar. Clear enough? Four, four. Gingers for Limpar, Gingers for Limpar. Yes, I'm sure you've got it. And if you haven't, it's linked to on today's blog. Uh, Before we go on, can I just say thanks to everybody who got in touch last week. I was talking about the possibility, the vague idea of doing a live arsecast. And uh, a lot of people emailed with suggestions. So thank you all very much for those. uh, I've looked at all the various bits and pieces. I think Ustream.tv is probably the best one because it seems quite simple in most regards. Um, it does video and audio, and for those of you who are very worried about that, it will be audio only. Don't worry. I can put up pictures of things instead. You won't have to look at me, uh, which is a, a good thing, as those who have met me will testify. Uh, the one problem I do have with Ustream, though, is uh, being able to uh, take callers live on air. Now, I, I, we've got the phone line all set up through Skype and all that kind of stuff. And when I make a phone call, for example, I've done this with a few little testy ones. Uh, when I make a phone call, it's fine. You can hear me perfectly. But the person on the other end of the phone line, is it's like they're talking in a box, which is buried at the bottom of a mine in Chile with a load of Chilean miners sitting on top of it. That's what it sounds like. So there's got to be some technical reason why the callers sound like that. So if you know any reason why that's happening, or if you know any way to fix it, uh, feel free to uh, to drop me an email. The Arsblog at Arsblog.com. That's the Arsblog at Arsblog.com. No man rush on it. As I said, everything's just being tested at the moment, and I really have no idea why I would do a live Arscast. Maybe a post-game phone-in show, sort of like 606, but uh, without... Um, well, I was going to say without all the, the uh, cons... But uh, I may have got that one wrong. But anyway, it's something to explore at a later date. Now, though, Talk Shite Radio. And there are reports that a man nearly swerved off the road after receiving a phone call from a Jew. We'll have more traffic in an hour. Thank you very much, sexy Australian traffic girl. You know, Natalie in Bruglia or Elsa from Home and Away. Oh, you definitely know Elsa. But you're all right. This is Talk Shite Radio, talking shite about sport 24 hours a day. We've been through the international break. England have won two games out of two. Fabio Capello's all right again. That's the party line. I can't say anything. If you think six points out of six and decent performances is all right, that's entirely up to you. I want to focus on the real issues in football, though, and that is the people that are picked upon. There is nothing worse in football than a bully. And with me today in studio is one of the most downtrodden, put-upon, vilified, picked-on, bravest, most inspiring English footballers of this generation. Ryan Shawcross, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome you to Talkshite Radio. 
Hello? Now, Ryan, you have been in recent weeks a victim of that nefarious French polyglot, Arsene Wenger. He said that Stoke play rugby. He pointed the finger at you. But when I think of rugby, I think of men playing with odd-shaped balls. I think of Will Carling, Rory Underwood, Nigel Starmer-Smith, and that bloke who used to be on Question of Sport, Bill Bowmington. How do you feel about what Arsene Wenger said? Charles don't understand what Wenger said. Charles football round. Rugby football? Not round. Charles not catch ball. Charles kick ball. Sometime Charles kick player. But mostly Charles kick ball. When Wenger say Charles rugby, Charles cry. And Charles mommy after take Charles home. <laughs> I have to say I'm, I'm welling up here. That is one of the most eloquent, <laughs> articulate things I think I've heard in the game of football for such a long time. I've got to pull myself together here. This is a live broadcast. You are one of England's greatest players, a true hero for everybody, and you shouldn't listen to what Arsene Wenger says. He knows nothing. He's French for a start. What does he know about football? Ryan, I can tell you, you've got a big, big England career ahead of you. Yeah! <laughs> no, Chakra's happy. Chakra's so happy. I can't talk. Radio man, that's absolutely fine. I understand you're very happy. Uh, this is Talk Shite Radio, talking shite about sport 24 hours a day. We're going to take a short commercial break. We'll be right back with Sex Pest Mentalist telling Gerard Julio the best place to get sucked off in a car park. Talk Shite Radio, talking shite about sport 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day. And welcome back to the Arse Cast. Now, moving on, we've got to talk about the... <coughs> we've got to talk about the Bolton game. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, coming up this weekend. The team news, of course, in terms of injuries, is that uh, lots of them are injured. Bentner, injured. Uh, for another three or four weeks, Arsene Wenger says. Uh, Theo Walcott, injured. We know this. Rob Van Persie, injured. Rob Van Persie. Samir Nasri, however, is on the verge of a return to the squad, which is interesting. Uh, and a bit of good news in terms of injuries. Uh, there was a reserve game during the week against Blackburn. Sebastian Scalacci, Johan Giroud and Denilson all played in that game. They're all ready and fit and able, as Arsene Wenger says, it's just a matter of selection at this stage. I suspect that he'll continue with Koscielny and Vermalen at centre-halves. I think Skilachi and uh, Giroud will be on the bench. I think Denilson will be on the bench. I think if Nasri is fit, he'll also be on the bench. And I'm just wondering how he's going to uh, deal with the, the absence of Theo Walcott. Now, he could play Rosicki there, and rosicki has been playing well enough to, to merit a start. The other option he has, of course, is to maybe move Carlos Vela over there or move Arshavin to the right and play Carlos Vela on the left with Shamak up top. So while it's certainly a blow that Theo's injured, when you consider uh, what we've got available to us, it could be worse. It could definitely be worse. 
where we'd really fall down at the moment is if we got an, in, uh, an injury to Shemak. So I'm touching wood and uh, I better drink some lucky beer here. Hang on to make sure that doesn't happen. You wouldn't thank me if I didn't drink the lucky beer. Hang on. There you go. The things I do for this football team. Seriously, drinking beer on a Thursday night. I don't know. Sacrifices, you, you've got to make them, don't you? I, I think Bolton will be um, different. As I said, uh, when we were talking to Julian H a bit earlier, I think they'll be a bit different than they were the last time we played. Owen Coyle went into the club and was determined to show that he was more into the whole playing football thing. Uh, but they haven't really changed the uh, the players a great deal. And they got turned over even after going 2-0 up. We beat them 4-2 in the end. So I think they'll be a little more direct like they were against Birmingham, even though they were down to 10 men against Birmingham. They were hoofing it long towards Kevin Davis. And the thing is, it was effective. Uh, and I think that's uh, what Bolton are going to do. They're going to uh, play to their strengths. They're not going to come and do what Blackpool did, for example, and try and play football and push their fullbacks on all the time. I don't see that happening at all. They'll be a lot more disciplined uh, and they'll be uh, firing in the long balls and the corners and trying to make the most of all their set pieces. So we're going to have to be strong with that. So we are. But it's a home game and it's a sort of game that you would expect the team that's going to challenge for the title to win. Bolton won't be easy. None of the teams are easy. But uh, you would have to hope that we'll come out of this game with three points. Uh, Jack Wilshire, I suppose, will be looking to get on against a team that he spent some time uh, at loan, at loan, at loan. Why was he in Athlone? He was on loan at Bolton last season. So he would be uh, looking to come on and make a bit of an impact against that team. Um, and then midweek, we've got Champions League football again. Braga, a team from Portugal who I don't really know a great deal about other than they shouldn't be underestimated because they put Sevilla out in the qualifying round. And Sevilla, as we know, are a team with a fair amount of uh, European experience and a fair amount of pedigree as well. So uh, anyone underestimating Braga uh, would be wise to misunderestimate them or change their opinion slightly. Um, so we'll see, and hopefully the squad will uh, get through all these games unscathed. And next week we can talk about maybe more players coming back from injury and another players who are heading into the hospice care. It's time, I'm afraid, for Mr. Van Persie. I think you should come and say your final goodbyes going to happen at some stage you need to steal yourself for it but really that's about it it's been a fairly slow week and uh i've wrung about as much out of everything as i can at this stage hope you've enjoyed it we'll talk to you all we can on the blog all next week on the blog and of course on next week's arsecast until then take it easy cheers bye bye Uh, hello there, uh, David O'Leary here, as we say, and uh, it's a great pleasure to be back on the Arsecast. Why I haven't been, well, you'd want to address, as we say, that question to the Arse block fella. But I'd like to talk a little bit about, uh, as we say, injuries, and it's uh, 
very current topic at the moment. Theo Walcott, Robin Van Persie, Nicholas Bentner, Samir Nasri, as we say, and many others. And back in the 1989 season, we only used, as I say, 17 players. And this season, Arsenal could use maybe 33 players. And 33, as I say, is an awful lot more than 17. But I remember one day after training, Brian Marwood, as we say, uh, came over and said, uh, Mr. O'Leary, as we say, Mr. O'Leary, uh, I was a senior pro, so uh, I insisted on being called either Mr. O'Leary or Sir D. And as we say, Brian Marwood came over and said, uh, Mr. O'Leary, I'm not getting the amount of time on the pitch that I would like, as we say, and uh, would you have any advice there? And I turned around, as I say, as I do, and as I say, and said to him, Brian, I have visions of you, as I say, in the future, being an awful cunt. You're probably going to work for the biggest cunts that anyone would ever know. So, fuck off, or I'll cave your head in, as I say, with a brick. He was very uh, upset at the time, and it caused a bit of friction in the dressing room. But as I say, Marwood went to work for Nike, and now he works for Man City. So, as I say, Sir D knows Sir D knows. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 